You're listening to Coffee Coffee Cast with Rhys Bolton and Rhys Jones. Good evening, Fraulein. Snakes. Why do they have to be snakes? Where can this upside go? Call me Junior. Um, um, I, I came back from, uh, I went for like a, um, a, a, le- a work's leave and do last night and, yeah. uh, it was really, really nice. It is, obviously it's kind of like I'm new going into the industry. So all these people are like, oh my God, I've never met you before. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but it's really, really nice. Cause, um, just showing kind of like how, what, like. A company like that especially like in a small group like that it's like very much a very family kind of like thing even yeah. though the company's massive but like the people you work with it's like they kind of got like family kind of you spend all your time with them yeah and i think it's just really really nice um but, but no it was good um i caught up some people i've um i worked with last year uh back on some our productions and stuff and obviously like you know uh talk about what i'm on right now but you know it's really, really nice yeah, i am oh, cool. like i am not hanging up my ass this morning but yeah i am in the middle so um <laughs> apologies to everybody if i sound croaky i feel like the oh, amount of times him. we do as podcast hungover is all so <laughs> drunk it's like yeah i don't know <laughs> we, might as well, we might as well make a tally at this point like you know yeah. um so but yeah no no that's not weekend how was um how was your um week been going it's all right yeah yeah it's like obviously it's always busy in work you know but mm. keep yourself occupied you know just gotta just gotta work towards the weekend doesn't it and that's just how it works so working for yeah the weekend. yeah <laughs> see um but yeah you know it's like obviously some trailers come out in the week which i'm really happy with obviously mm. we're gonna we'll talk about that in a sec but like yeah it's really good um i started like reading as well like a new sort of like book series um have you heard of it? It's like a court of thorns and roses. I've seen it pop up yeah. on um, Amazon when I go through like yeah. books to buy, and I've seen yeah. it in like um, the fans. Uh, so, like one local W. Smith, there's like a fan. There's like the fantasy section and that book does pop up. Yeah, but I'm really getting it. I mean, yeah. I'm still. I, I I literally told myself I'm not buying any more books until I read the ones that <laughs> I already bought. Yeah. And- it's good. It's like I just kind of have a, a problem with like buying books. So. Oh no, yeah. Well, you have a problem with doing it. Yeah, I just buy books all the time. And the problem is, I go to charity shops and I'm just like going around. And I'm like, I always go look at the book section, and, and then it's like, what did I pick up? I picked up. Oh, what was it? The Bernard Cornwell Harlequin trilogy. Um, oh right. And okay. literally, there was two books there. Each were like fifty p. And I was just like, oh, my, oh my God, God, I'm getting those. And then they end up coming out with, like... And then I come out and I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, I need to stop buying books for, for, for a while. Um, yeah, and they're quite big as well. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've got so many chunky books right now. I mean, <laughs> um, but I'm still working my way through the Warhammer books as well. Plus, I'm going to read your book as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a... You know, it's in, um, and yeah, as, as you said, like we are talking about some news today, and also talk about um, Indiana Jones. Um, I would just say, obviously, it's been a while since we posted an episode. It's because, well, two reasons. It's been very busy for us in July. Um, it usually is in terms of like you know 
um, work and other stuff as well. Um, and also because the Barbie Opp- Oppenheimer coming out next week, we kind of want to keep that for a 150th episode. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of keep towards that. I mean, I don't need to explain why we're having a two week off. I mean, I I, I, I just like explaining it just so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's just people to know, you know, because, um, but, you know, we're hoping to keep on our usual weekly kind of thing going forward. I mean, it might be, yeah. and if not, it'd be like Fortnite and stuff like that as well, fortnightly. Um, yeah. Not Fortnite game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's really no. weird. Like in American vernacular, they don't really use Fortnite as like a term of like, because in British, like vernacular, like a Fortnite means two weeks. Like, but yeah. apparently, like Americans don't really use that. Yeah, yeah. So the only yeah. way, like, they know of the word Fortnite is because of the game. Fortnite. I saw. Um, I, I keep seeing these memes about like people like turning up in France. I, I don't. Have you seen those? In France, no. So, so, so it's this. So someone posted this video of someone dressed as Batman in the riots. Oh right, the, okay. And then suddenly, everybody. It's the running joke that always people always like superheroes and super characters are like turn up in France to like stop to like I think they're either like so with the writers or they're against them. God and damn. so and then so people are getting like these really like snippets of people just dressed up as like uh, Donatello, Gru, Batman. Um, oh actually I think, yeah I have seen the Donatello yeah, one. Batman. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I saw okay. like someone dresses Bumblebee. That's all Bumblebee Bumblebee. And then yeah it keeps getting it keeps getting really really bizarre. And then someone like and then someone got like a clip of Napoleon, someone dressed Napoleon, and then had it like, oh my god, Napoleon's like in Paris right now. Uh, it, it's god damn it! It's like it, I don't know where it's things are coming from. Oh, it, it is funny because it's like a compilation meme I saw, and it was just like um, Captain America four, Iron Man, and then it was just like Daredevil. And then it was like the, the Powerpuff Girls, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then it was like Scooby Doo was at one point, and I'm like, "Okay, it's like, <laughs> um, my god, I do love the internet." I just, yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, all right. Actually, let's just start with the episode. Um, uh, yeah, so hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Hobby Podcast, where we talk about film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. Uh, I'm your host, Reese Bolton, and I'm your host, Reese Jones. And today we are reviewing the fifth and maybe final installment of the Indiana Jones film series, Indiana Jones and Dark Destiny, uh, currently out in cinemas. We've both watched it. We both have thoughts. Um, and yeah, um, we're, we're talking about, about this film. And plus we've got some uh, some news to talk about as well, some of the trailers, um, some some costume reveals, etc., etc. So you can find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash hobbycast. Uh, Twitter at the Hobby Coffee Cast, um, Facebook at Hobby Coffee Cast, and you can email us at hobbycoffeecast at gmail.com. We are on threads, so I think it's, I don't know how we put it. we're on threads at the Hobby Coffee Cast, so yeah, we're on threads. Yeah. I think I literally just like started a threads account when it first opened, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, um, I haven't really gone back to it too much. I don't know, maybe because I've been too much on Twitter, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, obviously, please, of course, please like, share, follow, and review if you enjoyed this episode. Um, so I thought we'd start off with, like, you know, the big piece of news that literally just came out this week, and a lot of people 
cinema goers, movie lovers, people working in the industry are talking about is the um, it's it's a SAG is it the SAG Afro strike? Yeah, the SAG yeah. Afro, the SAG strike. So basically, for those who don't know, um, it's, I'll go for a bit. So obviously, you had the writer strike in America. Writers working in Hollywood were striking because of uh, obviously not getting you know unfairly paid. And the idea was they were thinking of using AI to basically like to, you know, not to not hire writers, etc., and write scripts. So they're striking. That strike is still going on. Uh, and, and also the actors are striking as well because of um, less pay and not much. They want more money. But also the idea of um, liking as well. And again, this is the AI thing where um, basically you can what AI can do in the future and what studios were looking at doing is to save money. There's having an actor come in, basically, you know, film and then use their likeness and put them onto other films. It's literally like what is that black and white episode of, um, uh, Joanne is awful. So basically the idea is like, um, an example is, Let's just say Tom Cruise, yeah. Tom Cruise comes in for like, you know, a film and he does like, you know, he films it and stuff. And then they keep his they have his likeness and then they can make like multiple Mission Impossible films without actually having him in it. Like mm-hmm. having him actually do it. So he's not actually there. It's just like so it it's um it's really scary because in terms of like, you know, an actor's only gonna get paid one day to work, but then you know, the studios are like, Oh, we don't have to hire you anymore because we've got your likeness. And I'm very, very against this because, you know, what I'm going to be quite vocal on this. And it's it's usually these executives and really top huge companies in Hollywood like Disney, uh, you know, Warner Brothers, etc. Um, you know, Universal, you know, they want to save as much money as possible and they don't want to waste their money on, you know, the, the idea is creativity is like, okay, the same money and creativity. But then you know that like it just go into their bank account. So I think Bob Iger came out and said uh, basically he was like, you know, he was just against it, and it was just like the stupidest response, basically. And it, it's yeah. literally just like executives he who was, were like, I saw that in um, I saw that it was like in a podcast, wasn't it? The human yeah. like, response, and and I think it just shows like how out of touch like people, not just like him, but you know, no, sorry, not just him, but people like him are. He's, he's, um, yeah. he's very detached from reality. The, 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 the thing is, these executives have got big. They got they got these like, um, you know, wages that are like, and they get paid for stuff that's not really much they do. Like you know, like exactly. they turn up to like a couple of meetings and then they're like yes or no, that's it. But then also they're getting paid bonuses and stuff, and they keep up and you know they're getting their uh, wages increased. And then there's like they're suddenly complaining about oh the actors want more money. No, and it's really just. It's it's one of the kind of flaws of obviously it's a capitalist flaw, yeah. And it is really bad and I am so very supporting what the actor strike is doing. I hope that I want it to go as, as long as possible. I really want these studios to kind of like, you know, do struggle and then literally realise like how much they still need actors, like how yeah. important actors are. And hope it comes some sort of like you know agreement or something you know like a resolution to the problem. But like obviously, 
I'm supporting them also then, you know, you having to basically realise that there's not much going to be stuff for you looking forward to coming out in the next year or so, probably it's going to be delayed to a next next year, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, we're talking about like on Deadpool, Deadpool 3, had basically like, um, basically halted filming. Uh, so that probably won't be coming out next year, but I mean, it'll be a year after. So it's, it's going to be like this big backlog of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Where probably around about the end of this year and all of twenty twenty four is nothing really much coming out apart from stuff that's already been filmed and is in post production. But you know, actors can't go to like Comic Con or they can't attend premieres and stuff. So you know, even if the film is ready to be released, there's still obviously the actors aren't going to be involved in like promoting it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's. Um, I mean, it, it it'd be interesting to see how the rest of this year goes in terms of a strike. But like, you know, I I fully support it. I think what they're doing is absolutely correct, uh, and it's for the good reasons as well. Um, and it's it's really shocking when you come out and people are just like, like I think I I think a writer was paid like four hundred quid for like an episode, like. Yeah. And that's like four hundred dollars, and I'm just like that's literally like you know that's a week. That's, I get paid more weekly than that. Yeah, and it's just like oh my god, that's just so so bad. So you know, like it's it's really really like difficult. But you know, like you know, obviously they people are striking right now. I know like the Oppenheimer cast have left the premiere to basically support it. Um, a lot of directors are supporting as well. Christopher Nolan said that he's not going to make another film until, you know, the you know the strike is over, until you know actors get what you know an agreement that suits them. So yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. But um, I mean, um, <laughs> I remember someone saying like, "Oh, this, I can just catch up with all the films I've missed and <laughs> watched already." It's like, and it was like, "Let's watch every film that's ever existed." In like while we're waiting for the strike to come out, and then so I was like, you know, it's like five hundred thousand films. Let's go all the way back to the beginning, like with the um, what was it, the Great Train Robbery? Not the Great Train yeah. Robbery. It's the um, oh, what was that one? Is it the Great Train Robbery where um, probably it was like the nineteenth century one, and people literally ran away because oh no, it, films was, yeah. yeah, it was um oh god, was it Millier? Maybe I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. That was it. That was it. It was um yeah, like yeah, that I think that was the first ever like motion picture and then you had like Millier doing stuff like um the man in the moon and all this stuff isn't it yeah that, that was it yeah i only know that because of um uh i think it was like was it hugo or something yeah that was it oh uh, yeah so basically you know that's i think we should that was something we should we wanted to cover anyway for the show um next up we've got some trailers so a bunch of trailers got dropped this week um and it's you know i obviously i think it's some good stuff to talk about yeah i wish trailer directly we'd start off with which is biggie we think out of the three that we want to talk about i mean i think we should start with ahsoka anyway because yeah. that's coming out in august um i am super hyped for this show i i i hope it is well it does well um, I mean, we got like a, a look at uh, Graham or Four, like the look, um, and you know, I can't wait to see Lars Mikkelsen play Four. Yeah. Um, in terms of like you know, looking at Soka's journey, and uh, you know, I'm, I fully support 
I loved was Ari Dawson Soka in the Mandalorian episode in season two. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait for this. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, you have like we the first, I mean, the, the image of Thrawn, uh, Lars Mikkelsen playing Thrawn was leaked, but this is like the official sort of like reveal. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Thrawn uh, is like one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. So this is re- really hype for me. And as well, like, um, the uh, the droid in it, uh, Hu Yang, it's going to be voiced by David Tennant, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of David Tennant as well. So it's um, it's going to be really good, actually. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And yeah, like you know, Rosario Dawson, you know, we saw her like a little bit in the Mando, as you said, mm. but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always good. And obviously, see, seeing Ray Stevenson as well, sadly passed away. So seeing him as the uh, the antagonist, that'd be awesome. I uh, um. Um, so who, sorry, but this this literally, I was thinking of his name just now, uh, but it's literally um, Sabine Wren, that's it. Sabine yeah, Wren, yeah. My head. So it looks like in the trailer, she's actually like, well, is it a lightsaber? Yeah. Well, it's it's really weird because people are saying like, oh, is she a Jedi or not? Like she had lightsaber training. Yeah. Uh, to wield the darksaber. Um, Kane and Jarrus like trained her in the Rebel series. Yeah. But like, there wasn't any indication in the series that she was force sensitive, whereas um, they're hinting at it. It's probably just like a, um, it's probably just like a fan like bait. It's probably just to like to get like span fan speculation. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that she will be. I am interested because I think like we've seen before where like individuals who haven't got force pa- sense uh, powers develop it later on. Um, yeah, yeah. So that might actually be yeah. the case, but you know, you never, you yeah. never know. Because what I don't like about Star Wars canon is that um, the Ma- Mandalorians are meant to be like trained to fight Jedi. Like that's yeah. why they have all like the you know the different gadgets and stuff is to fight Jedi. Yeah, and that's how like Boba Fett was like meant to be so good against um, Luke in yeah. Return of Jedi. But that's like in canon now. Like they don't really seem to like that. You know, they they just they obviously have to show. Jedi is like superhuman, like superheroes, and they ha- they can't be beaten by anyone else, which is which I disagree with. Um, yeah, and that's why sort of like it would be cool if they did have just like Sabine, yeah, like just being taught to use a lightsaber, but she won't ever be as good as like a light a Jedi using a yeah. lightsaber, you know, because she's not force sensitive, but she has all her sort of Mandalorian gadgets and and technique, you know, and, and fighting stuff to sort of compensate yeah. for that. So yeah, yeah, I um hope it's good. No, definitely, and um, it's coming out in August. I think they're releasing the first two episodes on the same day, so yeah. that'd, that'd be good. And of course, we'll be talking about it as well. Um, I just hope it's really, really good because um, Mad Lloyd season three was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, and so it's the same as Obi Wan uh, Kenobi. So I hope this is good, but I mean, this is David Filoni's like magnum opus, so I think. It's gonna be the most day for lowly kind of Star Wars yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to this. Um, it's gonna be so interesting. And I think it's gonna be setting up like what's to come as well, past Ahsoka. Um and obviously <laughs> Matt Mc no, obviously Lars Nicholson and Thorne's back. They're setting up to be the big, big villain. They're not gonna have the idea that he's gonna be the big villain for this show and then kill him off and stuff. I think 
they brought her back for a yeah. reason, and I feel like he is going to be like you know, he's going to be a, a villain that they fight and maybe defeat, but a villain they won't kill, and he'll come back maybe because need in terms of this man Mando kind of film that they plan on doing, they need to have a big villain for it, and I feel like yeah. Thrawn will fit that because I don't know who else would you would have. Well, you're not going to have Moff Gideon, is it? Because no. Moff Gideon, every time we've seen him, he's failed. I don't understand like why they they still want Gideon as like the the villain of like the Mando sort of stuff because he's he's pathetic. He yeah. he was in he was meant to be like like what they do in like Rebels where they have say like uh, a main villain for like um, season one. And then he's obviously defeated, and then they bring in like an a, a, an even greater threat in season two to up the ante. That's like what yeah. that's their bread and butter, isn't it? So having Moff Gideon just come back, obviously because they like using uh, Giancarlo, it's it's and and you know like oh yeah, everyone's going oh my god he's in like this really cool like Imperial Mandalorian armor like oh my god like I don't care <laughs> like and all he does is just like he just um. He gives a little bit of exposition about his evil plans and then gets defeated by the Mandalorian. That's it. Yeah. And what it should have been is um, at the end of season three, Thrawn should have come and like just destroyed um, Gideon's remnant to to show how like how like mysterious and powerful Thrawn is to establish the stakes that oh my god, you know the the greater threat is here now. That's what they should, should they should have really teased for at the end of the Mando to boost the hype up the show, but yep. they didn't. Um, no, just name drop him. Just just name drop yeah, him. Yeah, name drop him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They haven't even got to like just show him. Just show like a bloody like just like the silhouette of like a, a man in like a white navy uniform. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like do like a Thanos in Avengers. Exactly. Where, like, got, yeah, so, yeah. And then and then and then Thorne just turns and looks at the camera and you're like, oh mm. here we go, you know. But um, no, like um I, I hope they do it right because yeah. I mean, I I was like a bit like, oh, you know, will they get the sort of like look of Thrawn right? Because throughout like, you know, Kana and, and Legends, he's had a very like unique look about him. And he's obviously meant to be very tall and like, um and looming, like physically and metaphorically, like the looming threat. And yeah. Lars Mikkelsen is like three, um, six, three, six, four. So he's very yeah. like, very tall and very imposing. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think um, I think it'd be good. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this, and um, and the trailers just hyped me up more. Really, I, I was already hyped anyway. I mean, the two trailers that came out kind of like didn't really, but they, they they it's good to see. But I was already hyped for the show anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and like the the actress who portrays Sabine Wren, like when she cuts her hair into like, yeah. like the bo- the bob or like the pixie yeah. cut she has, like yeah. It, she does look a lot like the cartoon version, it like does, the original yeah, version. Yeah. So, so fair play. You're like, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic because, like, the way Star Wars has been going, you know, like with say, like the exception of uh, Andor season one, Andor was phenomenal, but the rest of it, it's been a bit meh. It's been a bit mid, you know. Yeah, exactly, and um, exactly, and Andor's done so. I mean, he's been not. It's the show's been nominated for an Emmy and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. And it's um it's been nominated for best writing as well. So you know, I think it's like the most Star Wars I like. You know, this is like the awards contending Star Wars, and it's yeah. quite hard to kind of beat that. But I feel like Ahsoka is going to be very much uh you know fan for the fans really. 
because Andor was a bit was for the fans, but then it was kind of more like you know its own separate thing. But, but for this, yeah, it's going to be like, like more fans. Andor, kind of... Andor had a story to tell. Yeah, you know, and like there there was like passion behind the project, whereas you know just because oh this this character is you know like really popular with the fans, let's make something about it. Whereas Andor was, you know, he wasn't even the main character in like Rogue One, and yeah. he, and he died in Rogue One. Yeah, and it's so weird how something like that, something so niche and specific, turned into something phenomenal like like yeah. Andor. Yeah, um, but yeah, like obviously I want um, I want Ahsoka to do well. But I won't be like disappointed if it doesn't do well. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You you said that right. Um, I think next next trailer we want to talk about as well is Napoleon. So Willie Scott's uh, new Napoleon yeah. film, starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, Vanessa Kirby as his wife, things like Josephine Bonaparte. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and this film is going to be following the rise and fall of... It's a biopic, basically, about Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, the trailer I really liked. Um, some of the shots are absolutely just, like, gorgeous. Um, yeah. I think my favourite shot is when he sta- he's on the horse and then it's the, it's the Sphinx, literally, in the background. And that is actually taken from a real painting. Yeah. Um, it's, for, it's like a 19th century painting, and it's about Napoleon, the right, you know... And the Sphinx there, and it just shows like the shots have gone like, all these different kind of like terrain and stuff, and all these different kind of like countries. You realize how big Napoleonic Empire was, um, and it's it's gonna be really interesting, like following all this and stuff. And obviously, at the end, as always, empires empires fall. You know, it's just a common thing throughout um, history, and uh, Napoleon does get defeated um, in the Battle of. Um, Waterloo spoilers. Um, bad point be there, but um, yes, yeah, spo- spoilers. It happened like 200. Does <laughs> <laughs> people know? Don't know what happens, you know? Like, um, but yeah, no, I I, I love really Scott's historical dramas. I I think he's the master of historical um cinematic dramas. Um, I, I and I, it's and I think this is gonna be really really good. Um, Mikey Phoenix has burned apart. He just looks like incredible as it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like he might be nominated for an Oscar for this performance. We'll wait and see. But like, um, I, I, like Joaquin Phoenix is like a, a very, very strange man. But yeah, portraying you know like these very um outsider or like these um conquerors. Or like these bloodthirsty characters, he does them so well. Yeah, you know, like look at look at Joker. You have like um, obviously he played Commodus in Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Um, uh, using that Ari Aster film, uh, Bo is yeah. Afraid, and now yeah, obviously Bo. playing uh, Napoleon. But like, he's. Oh. I mean, I I I sent you a message tonight, like when I watched it, that it it, it sh- this trailer terrified me, but it, it's it's glorious. Yeah, it, it shows yeah. like the the awesome the, and the awful scale. power. Yeah. yeah, he this man, you know, he was an army officer. You know, he wasn't even French. He was Corsican. Oh, was he Sardinian? Oh no, he was he was Corsican. Sorry, he was Corsican. Yeah, yeah, and he managed to rise through the ranks of the French military. You know, he, he was a part of the French Revolution. 
you know, he, he probably like murdered like noblemen and stuff. And yeah. then he, he became like, I think it was like first consul or something. And then yeah. he, he, he managed to, cre- you know, create himself as the first emperor of France. The, yeah. The Napoleon and, dynasty. And sorry, the Bonaparte dynasty. And it got to the point where literally he went, he advanced to Moscow. Like yeah. it was, yeah. Like this, this, this empire just stretched so much. It went to Africa. It went to like all over Europe. Um, it it was literally like um, you know incredible. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how you know obviously French Revolution, the French basically were dissatisfied with the monarchy. They basically you know revolted, and the monarchy got basically uh, torn down. Yep. And then it kind of led to them kind of doing this massive expansion. No one wanted to create their own empire. And um, it's really, yeah, it's a really interesting period that I want to learn a lot more of. Because um, obviously I know a lot of it from obviously reading Sharp and watching Sharp. Um, and also um, uh, Master Commander as well. Um, so it's I, I, even interesting to see in what... Um, how it's going to be like following Napoleon and like kind of his struggles to be, he become a ruler and his you know political scheme and battles. It's 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 going to be very um, it's like a, it's going to be very Game of Thronesy, I think. Hmm. But like we like kind of Game of Thronesy, um, and you know I, I I obviously I'm a massive fan of history as I've mentioned so many times on this podcast. So you know this is up my alley. Really, Scott's directing it, so I I can't wait. I, oh I yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be phenomenal. It's yeah. one of the most anticipated films of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, that, that's the trailer. Um, next, last one we have got to talk about is uh, Wonka. So the new Wonka <laughs> prequel film with Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka. Um, it looks I, good. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to think about this film. It's like, I, yeah, go y- ahead. Y- you know, um, like. I, I kind of like I don't know what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to do a prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So like the one with um uh Gene Wilder, right? Like I I don't know like why they're doing this because like Roald Dahl himself Ro Roald Dahl disowned that film. He said like he didn't want it intended to be a musical. He didn't like think it was like his vision. Yeah. So like so because it's obviously inspired by the, the the film with Gene Wilder. Because like you look at like the Oompa Loompa design, and it's one to one, isn't it? But yeah. but obviously instead they have um, a CGI Hugh Grant in, in a in a glass box. It's yeah. very strange. It's like a fever dream. They did that on purpose so they could be memes. That's the thing. Yeah, like, they, yeah. Literally, I was there for the memes. Yeah. Like, um, what, do you know like Hugh Grant? It is like filmography recently. It's just really strange. Like he played like <laughs> a, a, a Cockney. Um, like like sex fiend in the gentleman, and then he was um he, he was like a, a really a weird rogue in the D and D movie, which yeah. he was awesome he was awesome yeah. in, and now he's playing the Oompa Loompa. And he also he was in this like he was in um he was this weird like arms dealer that he was like a really dumb arms dealer in Operation Fortune. Um, oh, the guy with the film. Yeah, yeah. Have uh, right. you seen that film? It's actually, no, I, I it's, didn't like it. You haven't seen it? No, I I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I I, no, didn't no. Like, I thought the screenplay was uh, it, it, it was my favorite. No, no, it's a, it was a bit it's a bit kind of like film you just watch on a Sunday and you know, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, also this film, I just feel like 
Willy Wonka, the Wonka film I'm about. Like, it's one of those films, like, did anyone actually want this? Because, I mean, Willy Wonka, you know, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory came out, people say it's one of Gene Wilder's best roles, and obviously people say it's one of Voldar's best adaption books. Yeah. And then Tim Burton came along, made Charlie Chocolate <laughs> Factory yeah. with uh, Johnny Depp. And, yeah. you know, it Good was morning, Starshine. You're yeah, hello. <laughs> and looking back now, it's literally become so mean. Yeah. Um, it's very and weird. I think back at the time, people just you know went to see it because you know Willy Wonka. It was for kids. It's a family film. Johnny Depp was like on his, in his prime, really during that time, and um, you know Tim Burton as well. And that was, that was box office success. But now his films coming out what like eighteen years after that. And I just feel like does anybody really care about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to care. the point that they'll see like a, a yeah. prequel to Willy Wonka? Because sometimes they make are making these prequels to like characters, and I just feel like why, like they are making like it's like they make they're making a Lion King prequel to to um, Mufasa, and I'm just like why? Yep. Yeah, well, I don't making, really care doing, about. Yeah, Sorry. they're doing that, and they're doing a sequel. Yeah, it's it's really just like um, why? I mean, I think Teenage Mutant is gonna be good. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The rest of the cast, I think, is gonna be good. I mean, if I think it's gonna be like really sticking to kind of like the feel and and mood of the original film, so yeah. that'd be good. And I think they try and make it to be like a prequel to that film. Uh, so I think it's I, I, I think it's gonna be fine. It's coming out at Christmas time. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a Christmas film that you know people will probably go and see. But in terms of like like I. You know, I'm not really hyped to go see this film at all. No, I don't really know many people who are hyped to yeah. go see it either. If, like, if people say like, you know, oh, they watch it and they and they say it's good, I'll go and watch it. But maybe not even cinema. I'll just like wait until it comes on like VOD. Yeah, or something. exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's really my thoughts on the trailer. I mean, um, I, I do love how people are just like saying that he stole. The outfit similar to um oh what's it called what's his name uh, tiny tim in like the, i think the muppets film uh, no it's um it's gonzo it's, it's oh gonzo, gonzo. yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yeah i have seen that actually yeah 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 so, that, 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 God damn it. so that, that's funny that's funny um you so, yeah, stole gonzo's drip man <laughs> he saw gonzo dripping with um <laughs> Willy Wonka, oh my god, it's just uh, the, the, also that meme where he's like looking up and he's like, he's like, he's like goring at the chocolate, and that's been memes so much. Like, god the, see. you know, the one the image of the shot I'm not on about, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> god see. Oh, this film's gonna be so memed, it's just it's just becoming such a meme film. Um, I wonder if they'll do like a um, a cover of um, uh, is it World of Pure Imagination, yeah. Come with me, you know that all that. I'm not going to sing it, but yeah. But they could. I, I remember watching that film, and then, and then the whole point where um, they're on the boat, and then like Gene Wilder goes like absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's, then, it, it, and, it's weird. Yeah, and then and I I, I was looking like this guy actually like is. We're going, and we don't know where we're going. I think he's no actually. A, I think he's actually a sociopath, like a oh, psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, Willy Wonka is probably like a psychopath. Like, you, well, you don't know what happens to his kids who basically, you know. Child endangerment. I know, yeah. I mean, 
we never see those kids afterwards at the end at the end of the film. So I'm like, okay, they're probably dead. Um, you know, but I don't know, they signed like a an NDA basically saying if I die, I can't sue Willy Wonka's Doctor Factory. Yeah. Um <laughs> all right, um that's our trailer talk. Uh last piece of news to talk about is we have a leaked well, it was leaked and now Bioinos came out and released a prop a, a proper uh picture is the Hugh Jackman in the iconic Wolverine suit. A suit we have been wanting Hugh Jackman to wear yeah. from the very beginning when he was first Wolverine in the first X-Men and we got it. Um, yeah. I wish they didn't reveal this, but I feel like they did to hype it up. Um, but also it was leaked as well. So, I mean, you can't really help stop it if, if it's got leaked, but I, I've, I, I, I'm so happy. Um, I can't wait for this film. It's just a shame it's probably going to be delayed, but you know, um, I feel, yeah, the, the suit looks really, really good. What, what are your thoughts about the suit? I mean, it does look really good. Yeah. And like, obviously this isn't like, this is a different like universe of like Wolverine or something, isn't it? So, yeah. And I mean, it just looks good. And the Daredevil suit's obviously been like, well, it's a little bit different, but like the, the original sort of like Fox sort of like design is like still there. It's, mm. it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. And obviously yeah. You know, like getting Hugh Jackman back is a treat anyway. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, definitely right there. Yeah. And yeah. So I mean, that's all that's all I can say about the suit. It looks good. Um, you could tell that this is going to be like very Deadpool. Yeah. Obviously, you, you you heard about um, Electra, yeah. uh, Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. Electra first film. Jennifer Gardner, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be very much like 2.0 Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. But this is the Multiverse saga. So you're going to have this pop up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this film. I can't wait to see the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and um, mm. Hugh Jackman's film. <laughs> The kind of like the buddy kind of like trip. Yeah. That's gonna be good. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, um, I think that's all our news for the day. Um yeah. for this episode. Let's go and talk about uh the man in the hat and the whip. Um uh eighty year old um house four playing Indiana Jones. Yep, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um Indiana Jones Dial Destiny, directed by James Mangold, who obviously speaking of Wolverine, he directed um the Wolverine and Logan. Um, he directed Walk the Line, as we meant. Obviously, Wacky Phoenix plays Johnny Cash in that. Uh, Four versus Ferrari, and obviously, we mentioned before, he's planning on directing a, a Star Wars prequel by the origins of the Jedi. Um, it's written by Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth, who uh, wrote screenplays for Flag Day, uh, Four versus Ferrari, and Get On Up. And also, it's written by David Krepp, who is alive lifelong kind of writer for Steven Spielberg. Um, uh, what? So this film came out, um, this film was released in Cannes to a very mixed reception and people were a bit kind of like, oh, okay, is this going to be worse than King Chris of Skull? What's happened? And obviously there's a lot kind of like, you know, backlash in terms of like Disney obviously ruined Indiana Jones, Disney ruined another beloved loved fan loved property yeah and obviously the film came out we both saw it uh what are your initial thoughts of this film uh that it shouldn't have been made 
that's that's what I thought. Like, I mean, when uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skull came out, people called that like, "Oh, that's the old Indiana Jones film." So now, like, we see like this OAP running around with a bullwhip and a fedora. It's just, it, it's, I don't know. I I really don't like it. The um, obviously any sort of like stunts that you. Harrison Ford can't do the sort of like physical like stunts and stuff that no. he once did, you know. So obviously that's now offloaded onto like the younger generation and sort of. Um, I'm I'm not like, I don't mind when they sort of introduce like a young character to sort of take up the mantle, you know. But they've already did that, you know, with like Matt Williams in the the one before. So obviously because um, uh, Shia LaBeouf has like fallen from grace, you know, in Hollywood. And he has like obviously like allegations and stuff, and like he's retiring from like acting essentially. They obviously had to have something else, like a, a new sort of like um, heir to the fedora. And Phoebe Waller Bridge is like this new, like snarky sort of like um, amoral character to sort of like be the sidekick, and then ultimately like the one that takes up the mantle. I don't know. It it, it seems like it could have done with a few more. Uh, drafts and a bit more polishing. <laughs> this film is very difficult because I feel like King of Crystal Skull, whatever anyone's thought like King of Crystal Skull, we reviewed it. We both say it's the weakest in the Indiana Jones series. Um, and But the ending was very much finalised and I think I liked the ending. But and I was, when this film was basically announced, I was like, okay... Disney obviously took over Lucasfilm. They want to make a Star Wars film, Star Wars sequel trilogy, and then they want to make an Indiana Jones film. And it took a long time to be made, and it came out. And it is watching this film and then like sleeping on it. I feel like this film really shouldn't. Yeah, you're right. I definitely should be made. I don't see the purpose of it. Wise back. Um, I feel like it was just like it was. It was trying to get the you know the the OG fans, the people who grew up in the eighties, to watch it and try that eighties nostalgia feeling in it as well. But it's a very it's very different because it's just it it's um it just like you have such a perfect ending for Dan Jones, the end of Crystal Skull, and then you start it off and basically Mutt has obviously we're going to spoilers in this episode, Mutt. Basically, gets killed in Vietnam. Uh, Marion and Indy basically separate because of the the trauma with the train under of the the grief. Um, the idea was like you know, the death of a child can tear like a you know parents apart and stuff. Um, it's very common. And then it just feels a bit like the ending really wasn't just like okay, he's seeing Marion are they together? You you're not sure. But if it felt really just like I, I don't know. And then he's just like a drunk, and he's basically just like they try and make him be like old typical old man. But the way they're doing it is like Indy's an old breed that doesn't can't live exist in this new world, and but they've done it not as great as I wanted it to be as well. Um, I did not like the action sequences of this film. It felt like very 
it felt like I was watching the Marco Bay Transformers fighting scenes. The, 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 there was so much cuts in the editing. They were cutting from different places. It didn't feel really smooth. Um, and it really kind of like shoved in the kind of like the realism goes out the window. Bear in mind, obviously, there are parts in the original series that has like, you know, unrealistic elements and stuff. But then the other time, but there was a few times, but this one I felt like there's so much really unrealistic elements as well. And if, hmm. yeah, I, I the, the, the action sequences are, especially like the chase scenes and stuff in the fights, are very poorly edited. Um, I just didn't, there was too much going on. I didn't really know, didn't really have a constant flow. Like, remember watching Raiders, yeah? And that yeah. really iconic action sequence where Indy's on the truck. And he's basically going underneath the truck in order to like you know, come out on on the front. That is really well edited. Yeah, you know what's going on, and it's like it doesn't cut to all this stuff going on. It's literally just like a a, a constant kind of shot of Indy just going under the vehicle, the, the truck, and like you know, getting back up. You know, you know all about don't you with Raiders. Yeah, yeah. But with this, it, it was just kind of like, yeah. especially with the. It wasn't as bad in the the you know the chase scene the you know, parade chase scene in New York, but when it came to Morocco and the tuk tuk like drive, oh my god, that was so awkward. It that was bad to watch. Yeah, like how, how fast I did are not know They're like really what, quick. Yeah, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what was going on. So much was going on. It was really that wasn't great, greatly edited. That wasn't that you know. That the editing wasn't very good. It felt really much like a point. It went from point A to point A to point A. The villains turn on point A. There's a little fight. They go to point A. The villains turn up. It's a fight. Point A. The villains turn up and fight. It it felt really much like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously the third act is, I think, really over the top. Um, although I do love. When I see Tron films, I do want to see, which is, I don't know, where it talks about me being, I don't know, my kind of mentality, but, you know, soldiers going to the past and basically shooting people with bullets yeah. and arrows and all sorts with machine guns, and we got that. And it was, I, I kind of laughed when Boyd Holbrook's character is mowing down Roman soldiers with like a turret, and I'm just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it's, like it's like, what the hell? But, um, but yeah, and then the whole, it feels really much like Indian, Harrison Ford is doing the best he can with a very poor script. He's doing what he best he can, but because the script isn't great, we don't really get a very great Indiana Jones in this at all. Nope. It, they just make him be a very drunk who's depressed and loses a sense of adventure and at the end, he just wants to stay back in the past and die. And yeah, I felt like okay, this is. I, I, I'm getting tired of just them making like characters as depressing all the time. Like, yeah, you know, you don't have. Do you get what I mean? Like, there's characters all yeah. supposed to be depressing. Like, the Joker is supposed to be a depressing character, but like, you know, like. Indiana Jones, well, 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 they do. Like it's especially like prevalent with like legacy characters, you know, like let's say um, Luke Skywalker, isn't it? Or like yeah. now, like with obviously Indiana Jones, 
what they'll do is just like they'll bring these sort of characters back and any sort of like triumph and any sort of glory they had is now gone and they're just depressed or yeah like they're drunks they've lost everything they're just like pitying themselves you know like self-loathing and self-hating they're not the characters that we you know we once loved the the, yeah. the 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 new like writers or directors of these like legacy characters force you to like dislike these characters and it's manipulative. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Mark Hamill, isn't it? Like he he described um Luke in the sequel trilogy as oh this isn't this isn't Luke, this is Jake Skywalker. Yeah. You know, th- this is the man who played him. You know, yeah. saying that. Saying that basically like this isn't the same character. And and it, it is I think it's it's cheap and it's um sometimes they, they even like play it like the character's expense you're like oh look how like old and pathetic these characters are now yeah it's, I, it's really bad i don't know whether like disney have this idea where like we every old person just like grumpy and just exactly yeah. but not really like you kind yeah. of like you know it's a bit yeah. what the hell yeah um but and, then and, like yeah. some people would say like oh well how would you like write it then how would you have like these characters you know like be like in like these like new films and my answer to that is don't make new films no you know, and it, like Luke, Luke's Luke, the character of Luke Skywalker that ended on the forest moon of Endor when like they destroyed the Death Star. That's how it ended for me. Yeah, having him come back and he's like alone, depressed, and you know, like pitying himself. That that is not Luke Skywalker. And the way seeing, like could... Indiana Jones now, like this like you know old depressed man, that isn't Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's not the... the action hero we knew. The way this film should have really been written is. You know, you can have an old Indiana Jones, and you can him, you can have him like depressed and stuff. But the idea is like through this adventure, he 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 finds like exactly joy yeah. in it, and he's like, I I do love this life, even though I'm old now. And he's gone back, and the adventure has brought him back, and like brought back kind of a light side to him, like he's yeah. like happy and stuff. Cause, yeah. You know, following like the you know, much step, but it didn't feel like that. It just felt like Indiana Jones the whole time just didn't want to be there. That's the problem. Yep. He was yeah. like forced along and he's like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. He didn't, yeah. I, there was never any time where he basically was like, I'm enjoying this now. Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying well, this. That's the problem. See, like, he's obviously, it's not, this is not meant to be like exist. That's why, like, this film is horrible because um, Indiana Jones literally takes a back seat in his own film. Yeah. You know, this, this is the wannabe Helena Shaw. Uh, action flick you know oh i, I uh, you know I- including an appearance by harrison ford as indiana jones that's what this is yeah they obviously they were trying to set up you know like this new thing with helena shaw as like this you know plucky female version like a, a derivative character of a um of you know, the character that we like know and love you know, because obviously you can say that for anything. You're know, like, oh, Lara Croft is basically a ripoff of Indiana Jones, like a female version, or Nathan Drake from Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can say that about anything. But this character is meant to be like a a more you know quote unquote modern take on the character, and it just and it just doesn't work. Un- it could it could have worked, but it, it just doesn't work. Uncharted Four did it a lot better with this because the idea is you got Nathan. Uh, Nathan Drake, basically, yeah. you know, he wants to settle down, have a family. His sense of like, you know, trailer hunting days are over. Yeah, and then he gets forced back in it, and 
he starts enjoying it again, but then he realizes that I'm enjoying it, but now the time yeah. is over for me. Exactly. It's now for yeah. me to pass the torch. Yeah. My, my days are done. Mm. And I, we didn't find it. I think that like that should have been what Indiana Jones had, yeah. should have in this film. Yeah. And well, again, well, you're on about Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. It, I make, if you want to make a focus on a character that you want people to like root for, and obviously the idea was setting up her own sequels, just have a be actually like, Likeable. like likable because the whole time it just felt like she literally just like did what she would happily leave her, her godfather to die she would happily betray her godfather and i'm just like you are an actual fucking whole person yeah like are we, you know, are we meant to be rooting for this character because yeah i i actively dislike this character and obviously yeah. i'm not particular about phoebe Waller-Bridge acting i didn't like her as that like droid in solo I haven't seen Fleabag. However, like her writing stuff, you know, obviously it's debatable of what impact she had on No Time to Die, but her um, creative like uh, decisions on um, uh, Killing Eve is very, very good. I really yeah. liked Killing Eve. But I mean, from what I've seen her acting, I really, really don't like her. It's, it's her posture and her her attitude of obviously she's playing characters but it just seems like the characters she plays are just all the same they're like these like snarky like self-centered and self-absorbed they're just horrible people that that the film tells you you have to like and i'm like why i don't like this character um it in yeah, the, it's not great. Faye <laughs> uh, Waller Bridge is a, is a really good writer, and I I've yeah. watched all Fleabag, and I think she's really really good in that. Yeah, but I I don't understand why people are chucking her onto these other projects where I feel like she, her acting and her like kind of her performances don't kind of mingle well. Yeah. Um. In in defense of this, at the end of the film, I started to like out a bit a little bit. Because in terms of she started realizing actually, you know, my godfather, you know, she started realizing Indiana Jones is my godfather, I'm gonna go after him. And she does care for him in the end and stuff. But just the most of the film it's just like she just doesn't care and you know, it's mm. and it's, it's, it's and, and she just comes across as very much like um like a spoiled like um yeah. basically a spoiled like, you know, or everything's the whole world is against me type of yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, my father like didn't mm. care about me type of person and it's like yeah. right yeah and you know like i just i know a lot of people don't like kingdom of the crystal skull but it did a much better um sort of like um passing the torch slash father and son story than this because obviously i know that's not really the right word but it's 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 like the you know the the old jaded mentor passing on the torch to the younger generation isn't it you know like like yeah. what they tried to do with matt williams was much better than what they've tried to do here with helena shore it is yeah. basically the same type of story because obviously yeah. you know you have um indy in like raiders and temple was the you know the, the more like uh young brash sort of adventurer and then obviously like his friends would come along with him obviously you know his old flame in raiders came along with him and then obviously the sort of like um Oh, I mean, Willie Scott isn't really a love interest properly, you know, but she's more of like a hindrance. But you had like her and then short round, obviously meant to be like a, a, a sort of like a, a child, like a son figure. 
And then obviously in, in Last Crusade, you had the, the father figure with like that sort of like the father son sort of relationship explored, which was really, really good. Yeah. And then, as I said, Kingdom was more um, bringing in like the son character properly. And then this, um, it's uh, it is it's definitely a film. <laughs> yeah, it's a film. <laughs> and uh, there were times where I was laughing the stuff that really wasn't what well, yeah. but actually wasn't even funny moments. Like when I saw Harrison when Indiana Jones is on the horse and he's running going through oh, the God. subway, yeah. I just started laughing because it just feels like it just, it just felt like oh, it's an old man just like yeah. crazy. It, it reminded me a horse, lot of like, like um, you know in uh, Picard. Where yeah. like anytime they need Patrick Stewart to do like an action thing, they always like uh film it from behind, get like a uh, a bald actor to just run up some stairs, and then when they show his face, Patrick Stewart's like pretending to be out of breath. It's it's just bad. Yeah. And obviously Harrison Ford, as you said, is trying to do his best with uh, something bad, you know. And obviously it, it it is good to see Harrison Ford back as Indiana Jones, but I just can't help but feel that it's unnecessary. It just this shouldn't exist, honestly. It, it it's very depressing seeing how aged and decrepit uh, Indiana Jones is. Like we, we already had a really aged and depressed uh, indie in like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. With like I forget the actor's name. He was a Canadian actor, but um, at this time Indiana Jones had like an eye patch and he was racist. It's really weird, honestly. Because have have you seen that like? He bookends the, the the chronicles. You know, it's like yeah, him reminiscing yeah. about his childhood. Yeah, and in, yeah. In one episode, they actually bring back Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. I think he was um he was filming. I think it was either the Patriot or the Fugitive he was filming, and like so he comes in. So we see an Indiana Jones in like snow weather, in snow conditions. So he's got like a cool like leather like fur coat, and uh, and he's got a beard, and it's a really cool little segment. That he's in, that that it's it is phenomenal. It's really really good. And then you get this, because <laughs> however you know, as I said, people have maligned Kingdom and the Crystal Skull, but it had that Spielberg touch. Like you yeah. know the intro with like the the hot rods, and it's it's like instantly like they're they're yeah. driving on like the open road to Elvis. It instantly sets a seat. We've obviously we've talked about this before, but like. um I can't help but feel that, like, yeah, like the 60s, you know, like um, hippies and uh, space race and, you know, like uh, secret, like Nazis. And uh, it, it is a good choice, I think, for a story, but I don't think it's a good Indiana Jones like story. No, you're right. And, um, and I feel like Last Crusade was a good closure to the trilogy. And I, I was happy about it. They rode off into the sunset, you know, every, every Western. You know, that's the closure. You know, the idea of riding off into the sunset. You don't know, you know, what does the character do next? Well, we don't know, but we know that, you know, their story is over. Yeah. 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 And then the main, the main number four, and it, it it was interesting, but then it started going on to like aliens and stuff. And then, you know, that's yeah. when it kind of loses well, it. And they, then, they're, they're interdimensional beings. Yeah, interdimensional beings. And then this one came, and then I was like, okay, you know what? Might be, might be the worst one in the series, but, you know, we've got proper ending as well. Yeah. You know, Ian Jones has got his, his family. Yeah. He's got his own family. Yeah. yeah. Has a son and like a, a, a successor. He has his wife. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every, everyone's happy. And, and then, then they just and then the, do it. 
they undo, they undo it, it. In, the, in the fifth one and then they bring in time travel which I feel Ugh. like time travel doesn't really work yeah. in Indiana Jones yeah. film well that's the thing like aliens didn't work so why bring in time travel yeah, and I heard it was going to be time travel when yeah. this was in development. Now it's just like, oh, God, um, you're trying to one-up it and stuff. Um, you know, it didn't make a sixth one. It's going to be like the multiverse or something. I don't know. No, um, they won't. Harrison no, Ford, no. I think he said now that he's done. With AI, have... they, probably, they don't have oh, to. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, what they should do, see, is like a young Indiana Jones thing. Because then, like... Why? Why are like Lucasfilm so thing about like bringing back old, you know, like legacy people just to get like the old fans? You know, like, like they obviously thought that this was gonna make like a billion, didn't they? And then I like think, nobody watched it. I think what happened was basically they had Star Wars Episode Seven came out, yeah, and it made over two billion. It is yeah. one, or I think it's the fifth. Or fourth highest grossing film of all time, yeah, two yeah. billion. It basically like you know dominated the box office, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, you know, they realized, and that was because a lot of people, you know, grew up on the original series. People grew up on the prequel series. Everyone knows about Luke Skywalker, Leia, yeah. Han Solo, yeah. and all that. And obviously, made this, and they were like, "Yes, people are gonna go watch it because like it was that really much like nostalgia, you know? Oh my god, it's a new Star Wars film thing." And then it made, became so successful that Disney was like, okay, we could do this for Indiana Jones. But mm. Star Wars is a very different property than Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones compared to Star Wars isn't like it, it you know, it's it's popular, but Yeah, it's not it, as popular. Star Wars it, yeah. is the money making, like yeah. what's the money making for Lucasfilm compared to, you know, um Indiana Jones and stuff. And this film, they released this, and I feel like this film wouldn't make a billion. But also the, I think the problem was they released this at Cannes already and people literally were like reviewing it badly and stuff. Mm. And then I think what's happening now, and we talk about the box office in a bit, but people aren't really much going to see this film. And also this film is two and a half hours long. I'm like, every Indiana mm. Jones film is roughly two hours long. Yeah, There's maybe like two minutes extra, but this film is two and a half hours long. And there are moments in this film that they can just like cut out. Like, you know... It's really, it's really kind of like okay, and then they try to really shoehorn in the nostalgia of young Indiana Jones with the de aging. Yeah, that wasn't really good because they somehow forgot the de age Harrison Ford's voice. Oh yeah, so yeah. It's the same problem that the Irishman had. I love the Irishman. I think it's a terrific film. But when the de age Robert De Niro and there's a oh, part yeah. where he's literally kicking a man in the street, it literally looks like an old man kicking him. And he's, he's because supposed it is to be, an old man. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a de-aged Rob De Niro who's like in his thirties. Yeah, it, it's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and what they've done it. So when we first see um, Indiana Jones in this, literally they like captured him and they take like the, the you know the hood off him and stuff. Yeah, and basically you see him, and then he starts talking, and it's like an old man in like a, a young person's body, and it just feels oh very God. much like yeah. it feels like Indiana Jones is like smoked a lot of cigarettes and it's yeah. just kind of like yeah this thing. <laughs> But like, um, but that's basically what it, no. And I was just like, okay, okay, okay. And I did like the opening sequence because I felt like yeah. this felt really old school Indiana Jones back to the yeah. trilogy. You know, we, we've said to me like Indiana Jones has always had a really good like prologue, like the yeah. set of the scene. You know, yeah. 
And obviously, they I, I see what they're trying to do. Like they try to like, oh look, it's like young Indiana Jones. Remember him? And oh, remember Nazis? You know, it, it is like member berries, but I think it is good. Yeah, it, but it does also, the job it, well. it kind of it kind of delves in or oh, into what Indiana Jones was actually doing during his time in World War Two. Because in Chronicles of Skull, we do hear about it, but we don't actually see it. So it's quite nice seeing this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I did like the sequence on the train and stuff and all that. Yeah, it was a bit overkill at times, but you know, especially when Matt doing... basically gets whacked, and you're like, "Yeah, that guy's dead," but somebody yeah, survives. Like, and I feel he like he should be dead. Yeah, in, in, in a typical Indian Jones film, that we shouldn't have, that would have killed you, like you know. Yeah, but but oh well. I mean, obviously, it's 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 based off like pulp and stuff, isn't it? Like yeah, all like yeah, adventure like yeah. stuff. But yeah, that that was a bit weird. Um, and I sort of like obviously. Mad Mikkelsen's a very, very good actor. And, like, obviously, he does, like, the villainous roles very well. And, like, I just realised, like, it's, like, the, the year of, like, Mikkelsen. Because, obviously, as we said earlier, Lars, his older brother, is portraying uh, Thrawn in the Ahsoka series. And then we have, obviously, Mads as, like... He's, like, in everything, though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it, it is really weird. And, like, obviously... The, they had to have the train sequence at the beginning at night because, you know, in like a lot of the action sequences where they couldn't do CGI, um, Harrison Ford, they had to have like a, like a, almost like a plastic mask. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. It looks like people are going like, Oh my God, like it's awesome. Like, look, look at this like cool plastic mask they had to use. I'm like, it looks fucking horrible. It looks horrible. Honestly, God. Um, and obviously, you know, like I, I'm, I'm obviously it's easy to to dunk on this film, but I can see like where they tried to like go with it. And I, 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 I appreciate that they tried, but I just don't think that this this should have been made. And I think a lot of the sort of like big wigs did like create a lot of like studio interference. That personally, obviously, there's no thing for that, but definitely, and they wanted to add. This- this, they want to add this, you want to add this and that. And Tony Banderas, you know, amazing actor, yeah, was so wasted in this film. Oh, I don't yeah, understand yeah. why they used him. He dies literally like five minutes after introducing him and stuff. Uh, yeah, so so there's that. Uh, we have got off, we've got uh, Henry, um, uh, no, te- what's his name? Um, oh god, um, oh, the kid. Teddy, Teddy. Yeah. Um, he's like a twelve-year-old kid who basically flies can fly a plane, which obviously that's just like okay. Um, and he's just basically like Eleanor's sidekick, and they're really trying to shoehorn. We want short round in this. Um, we want short. We want a short round in this as well. Let's just get this, this little kid. And I remember watching like a review, and I feel like people were just like the executives were like, "Oh, let's not bring back uh, Katie Hahn because you know, like, oh, you know, he's not really big right now." And then he wins an, an Oscar, and then everyone's like, and then realized they're like, "Oh shit, but he could have done really well if, if this was a short round and Indiana Jones reunion adventure." Oh, that'd be yeah, amazing. Imagine. Yeah, be amazing, and it will literally like take off. Like you know, it'll make people maybe look back on Temple Do with a bit more kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, it is a good film, but you know, oh my god, that, that could have been amazing. Can you imagine, like, because KQ Kwan is like very like a physical actor, isn't he? Like, yeah, 
Like, yeah. obviously, watch him in uh, Everything Everywhere. Like, imagine if, like, yeah, eventually then, like, he took up the mantle as, like, the new Indiana Jones. And he would be... That like would be his, fantastic. He would be in this late 30s, early 40s, but at this kind of time period that the film yeah. was set in. So, so it can't actually work, yeah. Oh, my God, can you imagine? That, but, that That's, like, in the multiverse right now. Like, in one of these universes, they actually cast Kehu Kwan. Exactly, yeah. Wow. Exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly, and... And I feel like that worked better, but yeah, I mean that would have been phenomenal. Wow! But obviously, like, how can a, like a twelve-year-old fly a plane? And then yeah, don't think yeah, about it. Just don't no, think about it. And then it's just a oh, okay. I, 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 that's where it goes out the window. And I'm like, okay, realism in Dan Jones is you know there are but, but I mean, things, but. Like there have been obviously some like unbelievable stuff before, you know, like the who like the the raft sequence in Temple, um, you know, like the monkey like swinging vines in uh, in uh, uh, Kingdom, it, it, it you know, it, as I said, it's based off the sort of like pulp and like adventure yeah, stuff of like yeah. the 30s and 40s, but, but when what, it like goes overboard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that the raft sequence in number two and the whole fridge thing in number oh, four. Oh, the fridge! The <laughs> yeah, I there's like a, that. I don't know why only, people hate it. I like the, it. Those are only a couple of unrealistic moments. Yeah, yeah. But this film had so many unrealistic moments that it was just like realism's out the door. Like you know, um, it's it's yeah, it's 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 really really um, it's really stupid. And then apparently they shoot they shot. Beyonce, and I'm just like, why is this guy in it? Um, just why? <laughs> just like he just doesn't do anything. He's just it's like a, it's literally just for a chase sequence. Um, and yeah, it feels very just yeah um, redundant. Redundant. I mean, when yeah. they go to the siege as uh, Syracuse, yes. Right. I'll say maybe the reason for the time thing kind of is this loop because basically Volma has his watch. And when Volmer dies, um, Archimedes basically picks up the watch and then he keeps him and he's buried in it. So, and then the idea is like that in the siege of uh, Syracuse, there were dragons. And I don't think there were actually dragons in the actual siege. I think it's just made yeah. up. But like, um, that's obviously made up for the film. But, and the idea is always it's planes and stuff. And then I'm like thinking, like, wouldn't this. So you're telling me this event would not change human history because if you look at time travel like you step on a butterfly in the past you change the future yeah, yeah. and looking at like back to the future and stuff and like oh, what marty does and obviously it affects the the present and all that but this film literally has a plane crash in like in an in an ancient setting and i was thinking maybe i'm wrong about this but wouldn't like wouldn't they like kind of work on that plane and then you know because <laughs> i mean you've got like some you you got some like you know steel there that you can make weapons and stuff out just of, don't know. think about it the, the film no want you to no think about and then and then they meet kind of like um archimedes and it, 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 i'm you know it's kind of like okay but this is really just so archimedes is like obviously doesn't write about these people in his you know oh no but he died in, he died in the siege does he? Yeah, he dies that year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why yeah, doesn't he the, write about the it? Siege, like... The siege was in um, uh, 
213 to 212 BC, and Archimedes died in yeah 212. So he died that year. Okay, 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 okay. But again, it's like you know you were for uh, yeah, just yeah, change history, but then yeah. I you know the realism goes out the window when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why like? Out of all the things they could do for, like, you know, time travel, like, why this? Why you include time travel anyway? It's just dumb, honestly. Yeah, I think it could be Ugh. done a lot better. They could have used it, like, for, like, another... Because it feels like, oh, we're going to the Siege of Syracuse because Archimedes set it, so they go back in time to save the... to help them defeat the Romans. But then I'm like, but yeah, the battle's still going on. They haven't yeah. really, like defeated them the siege is still going on Archimedes will die later on the siege still goes on after his event so it's like like why you know the idea that Archimedes brought them back says they come back to actually you know to come back to actually like you know what give the dial to him also (laughs) this is a bit kind of like thingy and again, like when we talk about uh, Raiders, the idea was like Indiana Jones had no, like, kind of didn't change the plot whatsoever. The Nazis would have found the Ark and then they would have opened it and then they would have, you know, they would have been killed, anyways. Yeah. You know, the whole kind of joke around that. Yeah. I think we mentioned in this, this film. Uh, yeah. In this film, that could be the same because basically the Nazis could have got the devices and then they would have gone back and then they would end up in the siege of Syracuse. And they probably would all, you know, they would have they would have crashed anyway, and then because obviously you know they go through like a time hole, and they would have crashed. They would probably all been killed now, be it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Indiana Jones doesn't really affect that them getting the thing because it's kind of like okay, to be honest, they get the artifact, but Indiana Jones doesn't do anything to kind of like make them change course of siege of silver keys it, it's just it's just dumb honestly they, they didn't think about any of this when you're writing the writing is pretty bad i, um, I think it's, i think it's interesting in terms of the nazis plan to go back in time involvement the idea was okay we're gonna go you know we're not gonna go back in time and help hitler win win the war we're gonna go back in time to kill hitler because he of the mistakes he's made that they'll be faulted and mm. i think it would you know, I think I understand it because I feel like in the post kind of like World War Two, I think a lot of Nazis that obviously are in hiding and basically you know working as NASA, they obviously you know the ones who still sworn to like the Third Reich and fascism, they probably would have you know been like, yeah, Hitler, you know, was a weak leader. He basically cost us the war, and he says it in his film to like um, an African American. Uh, uh, like waiter and i feel like they reshoot really on him like oh yeah nazis are racist yeah okay um you know and then the idea was like you didn't win the war hitler lost it and i'm you know it just feels like like oh you know someone's a cry baby for not winning you know for mm. not not getting there fully for a cry didn't they um but i thought that was interesting and maybe Maybe that could have been like a good kind of like time period to go back to, but then it's like, oh, we're going to see Silver Keys instead because it has to tie into like everything else. Um, but yeah, it's it really just 
Yeah, I mean, Mads Mikkelsen's great as, Vo- as Vola. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's a typical, like, Nazi villain that's kind of gone into the idea of American society. And then he's under the name of Dr. Schmidt. And then later on, he basically... No, he basically takes up. Oh, I'm actually her Volmer. So basically, he's you know he's bringing back his old not who he was in the past. And I am now yeah. Volmer. Smith is dead now. I am back as Volmer. Um, actually, I, I want to talk about that. This, right, so we got um, um, Shawnette Rena Wilson as Mason. So she's a CIA agent in this who works. Well, the idea is she's working with Schmidt, and but I think she's like. Cosby Schmidt is high up in the American government as well, so she thinks she's working for him. And obviously, uh, Schmidt's kind of goons are like, you know, pretend to work in the CIA. Um, her character's wasted because she gets killed later on. She doesn't really do anything, really, except for being like an obstacle to John Jones. And then she gets shot at the end. But that's the idea is kind of show, oh, yeah, the Nazis are villains. Okay, yeah, we know that already. Yeah, Volmer's a villain, like, you know, it's not like you don't come out of this feeling sympathetic for Volma. You don't feel, come out of this feeling like, okay, I understand why Volma's doing this. You don't. It's just typical, like, Nazis are villains. They want to, you know, like, go back in time to, like, you know, make sure Nazism succeeds and stuff. Yeah, okay, but, you know. <laughs> but I think it's very much very typical Indiana Jones villains. They don't, they're just, like, bad guys because they're bad guys. They don't really there's no, there's no, like, they're doing this because of, you know, it's, they're doing this because, you know, of like, you know, an issue, you know, for a reason why we're kind of like, I understand why you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like a kind of Thanos kind of villain where it's like, I understand why you're doing this and stuff like that. But it, it's literally just like, it's like typical, you know, villain because, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I just want the device because I'm evil and I want to take over the world. Okay. You know, so then when the young Joneses find them, you're like, yeah, cool. And then they shoot on stuff with them. Nazis just kill people. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's what Nazis do. Yeah, they'll kill people. They're the villains. Obviously, they're going to do that. You get what I mean? Um, But I feel like Volma, it's, I I kind of wanted a bit more scenes between him and Injan Jones. It really just felt like, I don't know, if they had a bit more of a relationship in terms of when him and Belloc had in the first one, oh, then yeah. that would have been a lot better as well, but it wasn't. The way with Volmer, basically, in terms of his relationship with Injan Jones is, Injan Jones punches him, and then he defeats him in 1944. Then Volmer comes back, and basically, Injan Jones is like, oh, you're the guy... I thought before, okay, you know, that was it. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's a very forgettable villain, as I say that. I don't, in terms of, of the, the roster of villains for Indiana Jones, I don't really think Volmer is like the best one. I don't think he's up in like the top, the best ones either. I think it's, I mean, Mads Mixon as well does, you know, does really well with what he's been given, but I don't think he's like a standout in this film at all. Um, yeah. And then obviously you had Boyd Holbrook as like, you know, Clabber and he's like, you know, the secondary antagonist, you gotta fight as well. Um and then they have um oh what's his name? He's a re- what was his name? Let me find that out. Um 
Oh, um, uh, uh, Olivia Rich, uh, Richard. So he's a Dutch bodybuilder. And yeah. um, he's basically, they were like, okay, he's going to be the tank guy going to fight because obviously yeah. they had the tank guy in, in number one, two, three, and four uh, in the Indiana fights. Yeah. But this one, he doesn't. And because of his like size, he basically gets killed by te- uh, Teddy. He just drowns yeah. and you're like, okay hmm. <laughs> that's a bit stupid but like you know i thought but then i feel like okay you're having like an 80 year old house and four fighting a bodybuilder does that like make sense <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty it i mean it's nice seeing john from his days back as salah but again it's, it's 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 just like fan nostalgia you know it's like oh salah's in it and then he's in it for a bit and then he's in the ending and then he yeah. starts singing the song that he sings when in Raiders. So I feel like right at the end, they kind of really... And then he talks about... Oh, what was it? He mentions... This... He starts talking to his children about a story. And you know, I think it's a story from Raiders, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, no. He talks about the him and Marion and the plane blowing up. And I think, oh, yeah, that's from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, again, it was just like, okay, Salah's in it. John, John Reese Davis is back as Salah. You know, he has a really good kind of like line to, to Indy as well about, you know, he misses the dead, he misses the, he misses the adventure. Um, but then he's not actually part of the adventure. He's just like, yeah. you know, he and just that's turns like, up. Yeah. yeah. He, he like refused to be in um, Kingdom because apparently like the role offered to him wasn't like integral to the character or story. And then he's in this and it's just like, yeah, he's in it for like a larger role than he was going to be in Kingdom, but still, like I think it's pretty rubbish. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's, like it's not integral. He, at all. He's not really there to be like Indy. You should do this because Indy's already decided I'm going to go to Morocco and get the dial yeah. and stuff. So like, it doesn't really matter. But you know, he he wasn't there to persuade Indy at all. Like he was just like you know, it felt like you mean up you know like it's happened before where you see these kind of legacy films where yeah you have these cat you meet up with a character so it's, it's a cameo and you're like oh do you remember the good old days and they're like yeah i remember yeah. the good old days and then that's it hmm. okay and I, I thought it was really weird so yeah as you said you know, it's like um salah like s- sings that song and like talks about like the plane blowing up scene in raiders well, why would this film like remind us of a much better film <laughs> you know we could just be watching like a, a much better film exactly exactly <laughs> Um, Toby Jones in this, he plays Basil Shaw, who yeah. is like a friend of Indiana's. That, um, and obviously, Helen Shaw is his daughter. He's in it for a little bit. Toby Jones, I love him as an actor. Yeah. Um, he's just basically there for the plot, he's a character for the plot. Um, and they're kind yeah, of giving in depth about why basically Helen Shaw. Basically, just doesn't care about archaeology, but more about money, because the idea was the dog drive the father insane, so, you know, and all that. Um, so yeah, that was it. I mean, you know, he's in it for the opening sequence and then like one scene, so that's it really. Um, Thomas Kretschmann, another <laughs> villain kind of typecasting as well. He plays uh, Colonel Weber, and he's just basically like a like a a, a sole a fit, a officer about Indiana Jones fights mm. in the the prologue. That's it, really. Um, 
Obviously, Karen Allen's back as Marion Ravenwood. Okay. <laughs> but it's at the end, and it's just like, okay, like, what does this mean? Are they back together? Like, what, what does this mean? Like, yeah, and what, did, does, she come, the, um, does she come the, back? Does she come back to him because exactly. he yeah. went back on his adventures? Like, yeah. what's the reason behind that? Yeah, like, it's rubbish. Do you know, like, the who will, um, like, obviously, I, I'd known, I, I saw this film, and, but then, like, they just released, like, the character poster of Marion, and I was like, bloody hell, like, that's a massive spoiler. Like, why bring, why show that? It's, um, and yeah, like, you know, getting Karen Allen back, I guess, is, is good, but, like, it's not important at all. You know, no one, like, does that, like, bloody fan, like, thing, does it? When, uh... Yeah, it's not, it's not, like, <sighs> it's not Spider-Man Nowhere Home when people are cheering yeah. when Daredevil showed up. I mean, yeah. like, or when Tony Grant and Garfield showed up, you, you know, for this is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cam Allen's a good actress. She's an okay actress. Apart from Indiana Jones, and we haven't really seen her anything else. Um, but, you know, she, she appears, she has that moment, and then they, again, they shoot on another radio, the Lost Arks part, where it's like, where does it hurt? It hurts here. It hurts here and stuff. Okay, yeah, fine. But it felt really just like forced at the end as well. Yeah. Like I thought at the end then I'll be it was like, oh, has he like changed the past? And then Mutt will appear or something. That's why I thought, but then obviously it's not. But then Helena told Marion, oh Indiana Jones has gone off on another adventure, and she's like, Okay, I am cancelling the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, like, all right. Or are they gonna, you know, it's this, you know, it's kind of like at least Indy's happy in the end in some way because at least he's regained something, but he still lost like his son and stuff. But you know, the Jones lines, I think, is just over because you know, <laughs> they can't really have kids when they're both 80. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's um, <laughs> what do you say? I was like, oh my god, it's just like. They just killed like Matt off camera. I, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I personally feel like Charlotte, but they could just recast a Charlotte Buff, to be honest. Yep. They could just recast it. Like, someone mentioned Miles Teller as like Matt, and I'm like, okay, that could work. But like, come on, you introduce like the, the you know, the, the son of Injan Jones, and then you kill him off in the Vietnam. Yeah, war and stuff. You know, that's that's terrible, isn't it? That that's awful. Just kill him off screen, and yeah, it turns out he was he went to Vietnam. Like, what the hell? That's awful. yeah, yeah. And then he died, and then it's like you know, and and he kind of talks a bit about kind of idea of like you know, young boys being sent off to war and yeah. then dying, and families being torn apart yeah. because you know the heirs, the families die yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. And, and and again, right? People would say to that, you know, they'd counter our argument with saying, "Oh, yeah, but how would you have handled the characters then? You know, like how you, they did the best that they did. You know, they, sorry, they they did the best they could with a bad situation." And mm. I come back to that by saying, "Well, they shouldn't have made the film then." The, it's you know the, the big wigs, the studio saying, "Oh, you know, like oh, let's make a little bit more money from this franchise." You know, we haven't touched that in a while, and then the writers be like, "Oh, okay, like it's not going to be very good," and the execs like, "Don't care, make some money." That's that's literally what they they're doing. They they don't care about you know like maintaining like um 
say, oh, I guess like goodwill or like integrity of these characters or, or portraying a good story. All they care about is the money. You know, that's, yeah. that's what it's like for Disney at the end of the day. But this film is not making as much money as it hopes. Yeah. It's like, and I, it's I saw um, the box office bomb. Well, they, they obviously didn't want that, did they? But like, um, I, uh, I saw like something saying like Kathleen Kennedy loves casting um, British brunettes. Yeah, she does. So, like, if you look at obviously, you know, like Ray, um, Jin Urso from Rogue One. Um, obviously, you have Helena Shaw in this. You got Amelia Clark in Solo. <laughs> you know, I yeah, guess, like, you know, it, it's just. Ugh. I really yeah. don't understand what Kathleen Kennedy's like. What, like, what is her aim with all this? Like, I just feel like she Money. just wants to. Money. Yeah, it's just. I feel, oh, just God. keep on. You know, like, can just we just have like a fan- train. can we just have like a franchise actually like you know really yeah. good for the fans like a sequel? Blade Runner twenty forty nine didn't make much money in the box office, but it was a true sequel. Yeah, you know it, that is probably the greatest like sequel. And I say like you know not like oh I, I guess like Iron Man one, Iron Man two. It is, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is one of the greatest sequels to like a cult classic ever. Yeah, and obviously then again you could say it's unnecessary. But it does a lot to sort of, I, I guess, like, um, oh, like you see, like um, Deckard, right? In that, he's treated with, yeah, he's older but, and he's much more grizzled, but he he's much more respectable than what the uh, like the Disney sort of like um, films do to their like legacy characters. But yeah, you it. know, he's like he's alone, but he's alone for a reason because he's trying to like. Yeah keep yeah. his daughter safe isn't he yeah exactly and he, he's a very admirable like a noble character it's very very good and obviously yeah we i can i can gush about 2049 all day because it's just a phenomenal film yeah but what we're happening is we have we're getting sequels to films like cult classic films that are not really kind of reaching the point of they, they're trying to go in a different direction and in terms of doing that they want to show him all his fan cast and you're like member very style and you're like yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, it's fine. That's why I came to see the film. You know? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I know. I, I, that's why I came to see the film. Like, you know, it's like, I didn't, you know, in defense, and I'll say all this, but like, you know, some other films are like, you know, like Spider Man and stuff. And when it had all the, you know, the kind of like, the, you know, the kind of uh, references and stuff, I like that. Yeah. Because that film was really good and it wasn't really like, you know, it wasn't really fan baiting, really. Well, it was fan baiting, but it was more of the story of Tom Holland. Tom yeah. Holland's character wasn't pushed to the side to focus more on An- Andrew and Toby. Yeah, yeah. They come along later yeah. on. Yeah. The and obviously, they have them. their it's own character moments, don't yeah. they? But, but yeah, in this it's, film, it's good. in this film, Indiana Jones is just pushed to the side. And, and it's like, it's in the title, Indiana Jones. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's not someone else, and you know, it's not like Helena Shaw and this and it's in Jan Jones. And, I, and I, they're not going to make a sequel series with Helena no, Shaw. No, I don't no, think you'll want is dead. it. People don't want it. People just yep, want people dead. just want prequels. Up and I, I but, would but like. Do you know, like people were like obviously thing about? Oh my god! You know, Solo is the first ever Star Wars film to flop. They're like, oh my god! And now the. The first outing into their new, you know, Indiana Jones franchise. 
you know, it, it flops. Because I guarantee they they were planning something with Hell in the Shore. I yeah. guarantee it. But obviously, no, it's dead in the water. It's it's not going to happen. Well, it's, thankfully. It, it, it's interesting how when it was when it were printed in cans and then had the mixed kind of like um when it had the mixed reception, then yeah. suddenly Bob Iger said, Oh, we're not gonna focus on Indiana Jones anymore. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like they, oh, I feel like they knew that this yeah. film was gonna bomb because of the mixed reviews and stuff. Yes, yeah. So what a, what a weird thing to do though. Why premiere it at Cannes? And like they, they were saying obviously, you know, um this premiered, you know, they and they had like something like a seven minute ovation, and obviously they were applauding Harrison Ford, right? But it's really weird how they were they were over, oh, they were an ovation for him, but it's for the film, and like what a yeah, weird, like, disingenuous reaction. This film is too mainstream to be played in Cannes. Dune, it played in Cannes, yeah, yeah. Or was it was it Cannes? Uh, I think it was uh, Toronto. Yeah. But that's more kind of like in that oh, kind of tiff? vein of it was Tiff, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but that's more in the vein of like, you know, that is not like uh, you know, um a mainstream film, really. It's just a really big kind of like kind of you know, arty independent film, really, with a bigger budget. So it kind of worked yeah, for that, that's it, true. really. Yeah. But like this film, like yeah, a lot of people are deciding why was this film? Why was this releasing Cannes? Like, you know, very and, strange. And I think some of the, a lot of the mixed reception they got from Cannes was because the the, the, the critics and the audiences go to Cannes don't really. Daniel Jones is not that type of film. It's just more of like you know they're like the you know they're kind of like weird art art housey kind of yeah. art, independent and you yeah. know, um, style yeah. films, you know, they, they love not, all those. Yeah. Not like a, a mainstream... sanitized Disney flick, isn't it? Yeah, that's like 400 million budget. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, how it, is this film... horrendous. How yeah. is this film on like 400 million budget? Like, where... Yep. Like, where... where... Where is the money? Yeah, where is the money? It's all the CGI stuff and... Yeah. And it all like... looks horrendous. That's the thing, right? It's like, I know I can say about, oh, you know, it's all like Spielberg's direction. That's where like it's it shone. But as well... It was um, all the practical effects, isn't it? And it does really like show. It is lacking when there's like a um, there's no physical uh, practical effects because everything just it feels weightless and there's no heavy hitting stuff. And I guess yeah, like the whole like Vola getting like smacked by like that weird thing on like the side of the train that was like impactful. But then again, like the rest of the film is just like. You know, even like the tuk tuk chase, like it's all CGI, it's all done in like a bloody like yeah, studio, it's yeah, all rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, the siege style keys you could tell it was the one, it wasn't even a set, it was just a green screen. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's just it's um, and, and then again, you know, you, you come back to the idea that you know, people will argue, oh, well, how are you meant to do all like these like physical stunts with an eight year old Harrison Ford? And again, I'd say, well, they shouldn't have done the film that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it shouldn't have been made. It, it's, it's, it's just it, bad. In general, it's like it's like the running joke of like Fat and Furious, and it's a meme with uh, old Vin Diesel, and it's like <laughs> yeah. and it's like in his eighties, it's like it's never one, it's never one last ride. Like it's like <laughs> a running see. joke. It's like in general, Fast and Furious thirty. I think it's Fast and Furious like a hundred or something. I'm not sure. But like um, <laughs> they should but, do but, that. That's but, funny. But, but then, but then it's just like. Oh, this is this is going to sound really horrible, but like it's like in Jones six, like. And he has a full be back, but then he's like a skeleton. He's like yeah. he, he he's like he's like plugged up to like a machine, 
It has to oh be my like God. wheeled around everywhere. And you're like, mm. and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Harrison Ford, like, well, he uh, Ro- Robot right. Chicken did that. He's not... Robert, Robert Chicken did um, Senior Mutant Ninja Turtles about t- Teenage Mutants being in a retirement home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, It's like, I don't know why Harrison Ford... Like, I feel like this is a film Harrison Ford came back to because he needs the money. I don't think he does. Nah, he, he's always been uh, very keen to repri- uh, reprise indie. He's, he's always said in interviews, okay. like, yeah, he said, like, whenever, like, they say, you know, I, I'm always game. Whereas, like, it must, it's famously, he hates Han Solo. But then, like, if you read the script and saw what they did to Han to Indiana Jones, why would you sign up for that still? You'd be like, you get know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it feels just, I don't know. I really don't know. It's going to be on scenes and all that. Yeah. But, like, maybe he just likes playing him. He like, just likes having fun on, like, set, you know? I think Whereas, like, he hates, it. obviously, Han Solo. But, um, I, 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 but I think, yeah. I think, I think the Han Solo thing, because he's like, Maybe the, the price was right. Yeah, M- yeah. Maybe Harrison Ford needed a new um, helicopter or something, or like a new villa. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times he's been injured on the set making this film yeah. is like... Yeah. He's always injured himself. I mean, I'm <laughs> pretty so sure he old. injured himself on the original um, indie as well. Yeah, I think he did. Um, he got like, his leg trapped in uh, Force Awakens as well. Like, what yeah. the hell? Come on, Harrison, Jesus. Let's talk about uh, John Williams' John Williams score. Okay. I love the guy, but it's not a score that I've come out and I'm thinking this is like. Well, do you remember when he said like, "Oh, you know, Rise of Skywalker was going to be his last, you know, ever score." So like the hype was around the last, the Rise of Skywalker being like, "Oh my God, it's going to have like the the swan song of John Williams as well." And then not like he's he's come out and he's done like he's done loads of other projects since. Yeah, and and for this, he was like, "This might be my last one with score," <sighs> and he's, yeah. and he said, "Now he's probably he's probably not." And I'm like, "Yeah, please," because if you finish your um, filmography on this film and the, the score is quite forgettable. I mean, he's reusing tracks from the original yeah. trilogy. The, right, you got the Helena Shaw film theme. Okay, that's fine. But it, no, it just feels like, but I think what they've done was before he would work his way through like the filming and stuff. But yeah. I think what's happened is because there's been so many reshoots and stuff and always keeps changing and you know, in production, I think he was kind of like, "Well, I don't know what, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. filming about. What is the RB scenes? Because these films, you know, you tell me to score for the scene, but then you're telling me the scene's not being included anymore, and mm. then it's for his other scene. You know, you get what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it, it's, and I think Disney as well. Well, are kind of like, oh, let's uh, let's 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 uh, shove in the um, the the, the Marion scene or theme, or let's shove in the Nazi theme. So like, yeah, okay, nostalgia, memories. I love his theme. I loved hearing about this film, yes, but like you know, the idea is if, it's, if you know, make some new like, make some new um, themes for the for the films, and you know, the sequels to your Star Wars did do that. The Ray theme, you've got the Resistance theme, you've got the Snoke theme, yeah. It's very, it's not like reused and stuff. It's but this film just felt like I look. It felt it felt like it felt like you know, just someone just put in the you know. The themes of Indiana Jones and just put them in the film. <laughs> You're like, okay, mm. yeah. You get what I mean? 
I yeah. And I don't talk bad John Williams because he's such a great, great composer. Yeah. But, but I just think, like, as you I say, it's like studio I, interference is effective. I don't think it's his fault. I burn studio for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like if yeah. he had the proper kind of management and the proper kind of, like, you know, yeah. wasn't mucked about around the place, I think he would have done yeah. a really good, you know, yeah. score. Yeah. Because even though score for uh, Crystal Skull is really good, especially the Skull theme and stuff like that, you know, it's mm. really yeah. good. And it's, it's like, awesome. Yeah. you know that theme and you know, like, that's from Crystal Skull. But with this film... Yeah. For this film, I'm like, I haven't. There's no theme that I'll resonate with a Dark Destiny. The um, uh, yeah, like nothing iconic. But I did like the Tuk Tuk Chase um, uh, um, song. That was good. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's just really forgettable. Yeah. What do you think? Like the whole like look of it. Love the film. Yeah. I like the kind of the the aesthetic of the 1960s. I think. Yeah. It looks, it looks yeah. really like it's done, done really well, isn't it? Done yeah. really well. Um, I did like, you know, the prologue, the look of that as well. It's quite interesting because it feels like, you know, I don't know, I got kind of like Wolfenstein vibes from it. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, a castle in the Alps and stuff, and you know, like, the, like a, you know, they got treasures and stuff. I thought, and the train thing was really, really good as well. Um, and I kind of like how they changed it because obviously. This, this situation of that like, the night sequence in the prologue kind of contrasted to the to the nineteen sixty nine one. Yeah, and um, I, I I did like it. Um, I did like the look of obviously the the scene of Zero Keys. It was very bright, very colourful. Mm. Uh, it felt like we were definitely back in like you know ancient um, you know the, the ancient world. Um, one of the shots I think when it's like the sunset. And on um, the boat, that was really nice. Yeah, but yeah, that's it. But the, the look looks good. The set design is like the cinematography is yeah. really good. Yeah, because that's the thing with like you watch like the old like not, well, I say old the original Indiana Jones, and it has like that. It's obviously eighties made, but the whole feel of the you know like the the f- f- filmmaking is much more. I don't know, like epic, isn't it? So the sort of like the the sixties, like sort of like class of filmmaking. This this film literally puts you in that time period. It, yeah. it I, I think one of the perks by benefits of this film is it does it does make you feel like you live you're like in that time period. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're like this doesn't feel like nineteen sixties. Like yeah. it done really good with stuff like that, the set design and cinematography. Um I mean I mean, you know, obviously, the guy who uh, cinematographer is uh, Feden Papa Michael, and he's worked with James Mangold in a lot of different um, films, uh, you know, for us, Ferrari, Free Tense Humor, etc. And I should talk about James James Mangold. I think he did well with what he was given. I I I'm worried now because I feel like Disney are going to do what they did to um, what's her name. Um, Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, oh, right, yeah, and be like, oh, this, oh, this film's not that didn't make much money. We're not going to greenlight your Star Wars film, yeah. And it's a bit like, well, James Mangold does what well. I, you know, Steven Spielberg was happy with James Mangold's direction. I'm like, yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. And I What's think he Mangold? Does... He's got a project with DC, isn't he? Oh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, that was it. 
So he's doing Swamp Thing for the uh, James Gunn's new DCU. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think he does well with what he is. I don't think his direction's awful. I think there's all the other parts of it as well that kind of make it not great. Um, and I hope this doesn't like affect his kind of like people studios hiring him in the future. Yeah. Because in the day, like sometimes if a, fil- a really good film bombs and stuff, it doesn't mean like that it's a director's fault and stuff. I mean, yeah. Neve New made Blade Run twenty forty nine and it bombed. It's not that's not his fault. That's yeah. just you know because Blade Runner is a cult classic, but you know, it hasn't got the heights of Star Wars where yeah. it will make back his budget. Um no, but I did like I I, I like this his direction. And I think I'm a big fan of Mangold and I think he does really well with what he's given and I think he does what he does best to come kind of recreate that kind of Spielberg feel in this film. It doesn't yeah. feel like I am watching a director making kind of like a fan film of Indiana Jones. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. Um or a director trying to like make Indiana Jones film but like not keep that kind of directorial feel that Spielberg had because it's yeah. really hard if you're like you know coming off from um you know a director that's directed the four films and you're like okay I you know people are going to judge me based on like how I direct this film and stuff but I think he did a good job I think yeah, he, yeah. I, I don't have qualms with that at all um I uh I think I'll also talk about for I think we haven't really talked about much is the uh, actual Dar Destiny as well. Like obviously a bit yeah. of device that like if you put it both together, you have it takes you back in time. But also I feel it's really dumb because they like they got the dial and you find the other piece. But to get the other piece, you have to go somewhere to get this map that tells you the coordinates. And I just, why don't you just cut that part out and just just have them find them the other the other yep. piece? Because they need like they need a like a big oh let me need to do this to get to this piece to get to the and you know, we need this piece so we need to go to here so here we need to like travel like this way. It's just it's, they need like an excuse to have like a globe trotting. Crystal Skull did it better because this Crystal Skull it was like they right, you have to find the skull got it okay now we have to find the the ancient temple the ancient city. Yeah, with this it's like. It works well in terms of because Uncharted do this, but it's a video game. Yeah, it's a nine hours long, ten hours long video game where yeah. you know to drag it out, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, there's room to breathe, though, isn't it? Yeah. But this film is like two and a half hours, and it's like, yeah, but why are we going to one place to get this, and yeah. then go to one place to get this to open this, and then to find this? It's like, you know, it's like I, it's it, bad writing. It, it is bad writing, and it, it is bad writing. And you know it's it's like where's Lost Ark? You know he finds the staff that finds the location of the the Ark. He then gets the Ark, and that's it. Yeah, Temple of Doom. I mean, he's going to the kind of you know the city, and he sees the stones and stuff. In the third film, they find the location of the um, Holy Grail. Is it? No. Yeah, they find like the other part of the yeah. shield, but then Indiana Jones is very thrust into kind of like save his dad and stuff, and get the Holy Grail for the Nazis do. Yeah. And it's got the diary stuff. That's absolutely fine. But with this, it's yeah. kind of like going from one thing to this thing, to this, this thing, and then to this thing before we get the final thing. And it's just like, you know, 
at that point as well the the middle the the, the middle act is very it it's very like the first one is you know it's it is good because it's setting up the scene but also have some action in the beginning but with with the middle act it's just like it's just like really drags on yeah and then the third act obviously you've got like obviously the big fight and stuff the third, big third act yeah like a lot happens but before that it's very much just like you know let's get this oh the villains turned up let's escape the villains turned up you know let's escape again we've got this it's yeah it's very like kind of point a to point b yeah, and it's obviously just it's just a, a formulaic, just studio product, isn't it? There's there's no because obviously like back in the day it was meant to be a fifty fifty team sort of like effort between George Lucas and Spielberg. Yeah, that's what it was. Like all of the sort of creative decisions were meant to be. They only entered into the film if both you know Lucas and Spielberg agreed on it. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a collaborative effort. Whereas this, obviously, it's a studio product. It's not a product of Lucas or Spielberg. So that's why it just feels so off and useless and redundant because it shouldn't exist. Yeah, I mean, the last of of the when they showed the lance of uh, longiness, I thought that was really cool. I would like to see that be the main thingy. Yeah, but like. I but no, I've, but then also it's kind of like what would the special power be? Like, is it like it's a spear? Like, do, do you get like superpowers if you stab it yourself with it because it's got the blood of Jesus on it? <laughs> I think that's what it was, wasn't it? It was a it pierced the yeah. side of Jesus. So I don't yeah. know, maybe maybe if they made it the fifth film with not the Dark Destiny, but like the 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 spear the, the spear. It'll be yeah. to be like you know, if you stab, if you like drink the blood of Jesus, or if you just stab yourself with a spear, you get your powers. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. thought about it. I don't really know what other artifact you can use really to kind of like you know. Well, um, I'm not sure if it was real, but there was um, I think it was like a fan sort of like one. They thought, oh, it's like the resting place of the the original Ark. I thought that was a pretty cool yeah yeah you know you could have like i don't know done like bloody excalibur or something oh that'd be so cool that would be cool because or like use one of the artifacts from they found in the the comic books or even the you know the, exactly yeah the, the young Indiana jones chronicles have yeah. that and then kind of link that to it you know yeah. but apart from that it's not like i mean the excalibur would be really cool but I'm trying to think what other artifacts um, they could find. Uh, I mean, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think I think a Tutu um you know, Jones thing would have been good, but that's already been done in. Um, yeah, it's Egypt. In isn't the it? first in series Rebus. in yeah. um, that's the first series of Young you know, Jones Chronicles. Yeah. Oh, plus you know they already went to Egypt in the first film, so it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, do like the bloody that idea that Lucas wanted, like he wanted to have like um, a haunted mansion in Scotland. Oh, yeah, and then Stuart was like, "No, no, nope. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing that." Oh my god, can you imagine? I think it's, well, I, that, that's I, more in line, isn't it? That's more in line with Indiana Jones than a um, aliens and b 
time, time travel. Tra- try and travel. I thought there was a scene from the trailer. You know, in Volmus, that they're like they're like him and uh, Jones and Basil are on the train, and then you see Volmus is literally coming in. He's the smoke. Yeah, I had a theory before I watched this film that I was actually an older Indiana Jones, and there was somehow. Because I went and watched this and I was like, time travel. Are they going back to this kind of like, to this event? Like, I was thinking like, okay, they're showing the event of, you know, the, the train sequence. Uh, in the prologue, I thought, oh, is that going to be linked to that? But um, that yeah. wasn't the case. Um, it was quite interesting, though. We had like Injan Jones meet himself. Like, a future. But then, yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that. <laughs> um, so... Um, What's your final rating of Indiana Jones and the Die Destiny? Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give this... um bland. I'm definitely going to give it a... Yeah, five out of ten. Um, I think I'd probably give it six, but I'm looking around about five out of ten as well. Um, in terms of the five films, how would you rate the five... What would you rate it of the five films now, including this? Uh, so for me, I'll go with Last Crusade, number one, my favourite. Yeah. Number two, um, Raiders. Number three, Temple of Doom. Number four, Crystal Skull. Number five, Dark Destiny. Hmm. Yeah, I'll probably have... Um... I might have the same as you. So I'll have Last Crusade, Raiders... Um... Then um, Temple, then yeah. um, Crystal Skull, and then yeah. Dial. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that's, that works works there. Um, so yeah, that's our review of Indiana Jones and Dark Destiny. Um, don't know what's going to happen with the Indiana Jones franchise going forward. It might just you know, well we, we do know how the Ford's done. So the the Jones count, Indiana Jones count is over. So I don't know what they're going to do with. Going forward, whether they're going to go return to this franchise or not, I'm not sure. But I mean, watching this film, even though I don't like this film, I it won't put me off from watching the originals. I mean, you could just watch it and basically say that the other two films didn't exist, or you can watch the four films if you still like. I was, I think I'll still watch the four films and just pretend this film doesn't exist. Um, in my opinion, if if you guys feel like we've been too harsh on this film, because I know there's some people I know. Who really enjoy this film? That's absolutely fine. But in terms of like way I was talking about, it, I did not like the way it went. And if you're handling stuff that like legacy characters, basically, you know, old and basically, you know, out of their time and stuff, and in the time that doesn't want them anymore, you got to write it better. You got to write it better yeah. and all that. And I don't think that's what they did. Uh, directions good. Uh, cinematography amazing. Um, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, how's the full of good performance? The performances are good in this film, like, a lot of them are. Um, the writing, I'm not a big fan of the editing, I'm not a big fan of either. And I think I, I just wanted more, really, because after a 15 yeah. year gap, you are you really think, kind of, okay, this is Jones film, there must be if it's come if it's taken so long to make, it must be a good one, but it hasn't, and I don't yeah. think. And it has kind of like it has the 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 badness of kind of coming out 
after the kind of like you know the mixed reception to the sequel trilogy and obviously the mixed reception of the willow tv show as well so you know this kind of idea about like you know disney have destroyed lucasfilm the branding and stuff you know that's an argument i i don't think they have i think destroyed is a very strong word they kind of like mishandling it i think that's definitely probably a better word to use yeah but i i was disappointed by this film and i wanted this film to do well but i think the box office not making up money kind of shows that audiences kind of did not want don't want to waste their money on an Indiana Jones film that's not going to be good you know and yeah that's basically it and plus also this is you know this this year's been very weird in terms of films coming out and just not making a lot of money it's it's weird because obviously the flash came out a couple of weeks before this transformers came out i mean obviously spider-man amazing spider crosses spider first done really really well but there have been some films come out this year that just not been as good as what I wanted it to be. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know whether that why the case is for that, but I don't know. If it's, I think it's just kind of this idea of like Hollywood's running out of ideas. So instead of making original stuff, they're just like, you know, basically milk as much franchises as possible. Yeah. Um, you get me? Yeah. And I think Marvel will be seeing this now as well. In terms of like you know they're not getting as much i mean phase five has apart from guardians hasn't really gone off to a really good start i mean secret evasion is not what i wanted to be my watching it i mean we're in our fourth episode now and it's just a bit like got two it could have been left i think it could have been much worse but then again yeah it been much better but i thought like, that's that probably the best part of it oh yeah 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 exactly but i thought they were like it would be really like you had all these characters and all these actors on board and it just it just feels just like it's just going on really really slowly yeah like you, you know how like, like andor was like a bit of like a slow burn but it was like cathartic wasn't it when like yeah. it paid off whereas this we're four episodes in nothing's paid off so far it just seems like it's just just boring they, just they really need to stop with these six episode shows like oh, six episodes six episodes yeah oh so they need two they, more episodes. That's they rubbish. need. Re, they really need to stop it. I mean, Loki series one did really good, but then, but they're making a series two, aren't they? You know, so yeah. some, but just, just, they end up like having a couple episodes and like nothing really happens, and then they're like, oh my god, we've got to like wrap things up, and then, and then the last episode just feels really, really rushed, and I feel like these next two episodes are going to be really, really rushed because they have to stop graphic deal with the whole mutant kind of on earth plot hmm. it's yeah just try and basically find you know stop you know the the secret skull wink hint hint they obviously revealed it but yeah um i i wasn't yeah anyways that's an that's an episode for another another time um because anyway, we're talking about secret invasion at the end of this month anyway so um so yeah thank you guys for listening to our podcast um Indiana Jones Disney, what are your thoughts what do you think of this film do you like it do you hate it let us know uh next week we are going to be doing our double to celebrate our 50, 150th episode uh with Oppenheimer and Barbie I need to book tickets for that um I'll, I'll do that after this yeah we need to get shirts as well yes 
I could actually go. I I was thinking, should we just get like pink and a black shirt and stuff, just to make yeah. it? Yeah. Because I think there's you can sell them in Primark as like you know for cheap for like what mm. three quid, two quid. Um, so yeah, I can just do it after work anyway. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, and after that, then we'll do Secret Invasion as well. So yeah, so thank you for listening again. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and Facebook, and you also email us. Forgot to mention it. Uh, long roads out still. We they have not run our copies. No, <laughs> it's still there, still being bought. So you know, be yeah. one of those people who yeah. buys the book and support yeah. our. Um, Rickards yeah. and Jones. Yeah, on. we're on Amazon. Um, yeah. Rickards and Jones, The Long Road. We're also on Instagram, Rickards and Jones, and uh, Facebook as well. Yeah. Uh, our website, rickardsandjones.com, is uh, links to like buying the book everywhere. So if, yeah, if you like anything sort of like Game of Thrones or, I, well, anything, I guess, like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, uh, I guess more, yeah, like Akatar as well and all that stuff, like really good, buy, like buy fancy that stuff. Buy that shit. Yes. You, you won't shit. regret it. Don't. It's got a map as well. Look at look, look at the. Cool and if you map. do regret it, Welsh will happily pay pay refunds. No, we don't, <laughs> we don't do that here. We're like, fuck's <laughs> sake, we don't no. do that. Is that a, is that a um? That's a Avengers meme. That's yeah, yeah. It's like we don't do that here. It's like the, when he God bows, he says, "We don't yeah. do that here." You know, like um, God. <laughs> But no, thank you everybody for listening. You can follow us as a podcast on Spotify, um, mm. Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, um, Overcast, etc. Um, Amazon Music. Um, thank you. Everybody. I hope everyone has a lovely weekend or week ahead, and we'll see you on the next Hoffy Coffee Cast. Bye bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share, and review, in addition to tell your friends, family, and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics, and with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffy Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.